My name is Kyle Willis, and this is Marketing from the Roosevelt Room. Welcome back to Marketing from the Roosevelt Room. Today, we are going to be dreaming. We have an exciting guest with us today. Uh, John is someone I've had the joy of connecting with over, over the last few weeks, really learning this man. He's got some big dreams, and he puts them to action. You know, John uh, is the host of an award-winning, uh, top-rated podcast called The Dream Catcher Show. We'll talk more about that as we get into the podcast, uh, that the whole focus of his show is helping those uh, who have big dreams but don't know how to bring them to reality. So he stopped chasing those dreams and actually start catching what those dreams are in business and life. The beautiful thing about John is not just a big dreamer who talks to talk, but he actually has walked it with 15 years in the corporate world, uh, overseeing five states in the U.S. with 293 locations that he managed, came to this point in his life where he said, all right, love the corporate world, but it's time to chase some of my other dreams I want to start pursuing. He is a, a writer, an author, has done a lot of work in, in writing. I'm sure he'll talk a bit more about that as we get going. But through coaching, podcasting, books, speaking in live events, he's able to really talk about how to bring to action, bring to life what some of his own dreams are and help those who are chasing after some of their dreams actually catch what those are. John, I'm super excited to have you here in the Roosevelt Room. Thank you for joining me today. Thanks for having me, man. That uh, that I I've got to now live up to that introduction there. <laughs> <laughs> well, we got some time now for people to catch that passion, catch that that belief. You know, I, I love always just starting with my first question. I always ask people is just what I call the origin story. Let people mm. get to know you a little bit. I'd love to hear uh, whether it's talking about what your, your world was like those 15 years in the corporate world. Um, I think the simplest way I can ask it as an origin story is having a successful career in a variety of different industries, coming to this point in your life where you said, hey, I have some dreams that my career is not fulfilling. What was that process, that journey like, being able to step away from that and pursue something new? to chase whatever those dreams may be. What was that journey like for you? Yeah, man, that, um, for me, the funny thing is, uh, and this is what I teach anybody that like, whenever we're talking about catching your own dreams, it's the exact same thing for me. Yeah. I took that long in the corporate world, not because I was doing something that I enjoyed. <laughs> I took that long in the corporate world because that's what I assumed I had to do. Yeah the role that I had. I was the sole provider for my family. Uh, I had dropped out of college twice. First time was medical school and was doing amazing at it and realized, I don't even like the sight of blood. Why am I here? Uh, and then I'd gone ahead and dropped out of college again. And finally, I remember having this sit down conversation with my dad where he's like, you don't have to go to college to be successful and you don't have to go to college to help others as well. Yeah, and it was this true. aha moment for me. And it was the reason I jumped into the corporate world because I'm a hard worker. 
I'm one of those guys that if, if I think and if I believe the purpose of the company, I can get behind it 100% of the way yeah. and I will give it my blood, sweat, and tears. And so for me, I thought, you know, my dreams of initially, which was writing, my dreams, they're not going to pay the bills. That's what had been told to me. They're not going to pay the bills. They're, you're an energetic individual, so you won't be able to you know, sit down and write a book. And so I jumped into the corporate world. And as much as I love, like one of the things that really I thoroughly enjoy is watching somebody who doesn't understand who they are hmm. and doesn't really know their potential yeah. and being able to watch them really flourish because you can see the potential in oh, them, yeah. right? Come on. And I love that element, but I took literally 10 years, 10 plus years sitting on this dream of being an international New York Times bestselling author and not doing anything with it and being the one that says, oh, when I'm making X amount of money, sure. then I'll start it. When I've got this title, then I'll go ahead and do that. Okay, yeah. when my family is this small, then we'll go ahead and start it. Yeah. Uh, when we've got X in the bank, then we'll go ahead and do it. And the truth is those win moments, they never come. Because you keep if you get into the habit of constantly saying, I'll do this someday, then it's a habit and it will continue to happen yeah. over and, and over yeah. and over and over again, right? And so for me, like I jumped in the corporate world. I loved like learning. I've, I've, I've done everything from like selling, I mean, not selling, making coffee to running franchisees to running corporate events to selling timeshare over the phone and literally bringing in a million dollars in timeshare over the course of a year. I've won awards and everything like that. But when you have something that is not going away, that's on your heart, that's yeah. on your mind, that's on your soul, and you constantly keep pushing it off, it's going to end up just like sour food in the back of your mouth. It's going to get like disgusting. And for me, I started to hate myself wow. for not pursuing what I knew I was capable of doing. Yeah. And it wasn't until I went through this dark season of my life, about three years of not knowing who I was, hmm. losing everything and going, okay, who am I now? I don't have the credit score that I had. I don't have the cars that I had. I don't have the money in the bank that I had. Yeah. I don't have the house that I have. Like, who am I that I finally realized, okay, enough's enough. Yeah. We're going to make this happen. Yep. And to your original question, really for me, it was, this is going to be scary as fuck. Yeah. And pardon my French. All right. Um, <laughs> nice. I didn't even see the shirt. That's awesome. You can't see in the video. My shirt even says pardon my French. So, uh, French is welcome here. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Uh, but for me, it was like, you have pushed this off for so long. It's time to jump. Yeah. And if we're ever going to see if this was worth anything, it's time to jump yeah. and, and go head first and really give it our all. Yeah. And so I just made the decision and that's I, what I did. I, I so relate to that. I remember in my early twenties, I got what I thought was going to be a dream job. I was working at Microsoft. My title is marketing manager. I had a good six figure salary in my early twenties. Mm. I was young. 
I had just started dating, who was my now wife. Um, I thought, oh man, this is so cool. This is like, every, all, stars align, everything is here. This is going to be great. And as I got into the job, I realized, God damn it, this is, I hate this. I spend my entire day at Excel and email. There's nothing actual creative about what I'm doing. Uh, and it was nothing bad about Microsoft. It wasn't, it wasn't bad company. In fact, I came back later and they were a client of mine from an advertising perspective. So it wasn't the company, it was just to fit the team I was on, uh, some of the way it was structured and hit that point where I'm like, I'm selling out for a paycheck. Mm-hmm. And I've always been a believer that, you know, if you do what you love, the money will follow. Now, yep. that's not always 100% the case. It doesn't always happen, uh, you know, instantly for you. But such a believer that and you chase those dreams, that's one aspect of it. But I think what we're going to get into today is that aspect of, all right, what does it mean to catch them? For mm-hmm. me, it was, I'm chasing the money dream here. And that dream can be re- uh, believed, can be realized so many other ways than what I'm doing right now because I'm selling out. And I had to, you know, I came to the point where I, I quit the company. Uh, went back to, uh, all right, what are my passions really? Yeah. Who, who am I? Well, I love this whole marketing stuff. I love being able to work with businesses and what was really the genesis of launching no to the quo. So in that being able to make that audacious choice, being able to make that bold choice for you, that, that started building for you this platform, this, this journey for you, mm-hmm. where, you know, you, you call yourself a dream catcher and, a, a, yep. a, a, you know, this is my words. You can tell me if this is a, another way to define this, um, that, you know, building that, that the dream catcher show, but you know, you, you coach and help others yep. in being able to catch their own dreams. What does that mean? Yeah. Dream catching to me. How's that different than chasing a dream? Yeah. Yeah. So here's, here's the best way that I would describe it. Um, if you ever look at, I'm a dog lover. I absolutely love dogs. I got two right next to me. I'm with you. Uh, do you? That's awesome. What type? Uh, one is a Yorkie poo. They're both, okay. both the rescue dogs. One's a Yorkie okay. poo. She was a street dog from Tijuana. Wow. And, and then the other one, we actually don't know his breed um, as he was a rescue as well. He was in a kill shelter in California. A group paid to bring him up here, try to give him another chance. They think he's a terrier shih tzu. I okay. call him my terrible shit. Yeah. And he, uh, he's like my son. Um, yeah. I told the story in one of my other podcasts. Uh, so those listening, you could hear it again. But when my wife and I were dating, uh, we knew pretty quickly on that we wanted to get married and, mm-hmm. and we had the conversation, you know, do we want to have kids? Do you want to have kids? Well, she already had one from previous marriage, loved her daughter. Everything was wonderful. And, but the conversation is, would we want to have another both open to it? I said, you know, I, I think I would. In fact, there's a name I've been sitting on for a few years now that if we had a son, I want you to know that I would want to name him Canyon. She's like, Canyon's a great place to visit. It ain't enough for a, for a child. I'm like, what are you talking about? Canyon's an awesome name. Do you know anyone named Canyon? No. Exactly. This is, you know, me being anti-status quo, one of these unique names. She's like, uh-uh. You, ain't, you, can, you can name your son Canyon, but it ain't going to be my son. You know, go find, go find someone else for that. And I'm like, come on. I love this name. Please let me have it. And so she, uh, she said, look, the only way you're going to get that name is if you already have a son, or you get a dog and you name their dog Canyon and you fair enough. Marriage. So I, my Canyon is my son. He's my 10 year old, terrible, 
shit, uh, who is, is, uh, is everything I hold dear, um, to me as a, as a dog. So I, I, I digress. Uh, no, I love I'm, that, man. I absolutely well. love that. I, so I'm a huge, I'm a huge dog person, right? Well, no. And, uh, I grew up with dogs my entire life and there are two type of dogs in my opinion. They're the ones, and I grew up with labs, right? Yeah. I also grew up with Cocker Spaniels. I've been around all different types of dogs, but there are, they're the type of dogs, especially like, I remember my childhood Labrador, her name was Ruby. And when, when that ball or when that stick came out, yeah, the girl was just like, boom, like, <laughs> like focus a hundred percent on whatever you had that she was going to go and catch. Right literally she was hyper-focused. There could be food coming into the room. There could have been new guests coming into the room. There could have been new dogs coming into the room, whatever. Right. Yeah. But she was laser focused on catching whatever that (laughs) ball or stick was. Okay. Then my other dogs that I've had, they were the dogs that would literally go around in the room in circles, just chasing their tails round and round and round and round and round and round and round, and round, and round not going anywhere, but exerting the same amounts of energy yeah. that my pointer dog was exerting to catch the ball, yeah. but literally never catching mm. their tail. Yeah. For me, when I visualize what is a, a, daydreamer or a dream chaser that's what they are they're the type of peoples that literally kyle they are going to write a book at some point they are going to start a podcast at some point kyle they're gonna go ahead and they're gonna be you know uh, an amazing speaker they're gonna go ahead and have the cars they're gonna start the business they're gonna go ahead and make the product they're gonna do all of that shit yeah yeah and you see them for a little bit chasing their tail and then eventually mm-hmm. they get tired uh-huh. and something else catches their focus and they move. Mm-hmm. But when I talk to dream catchers like yourself and when I made the decision, okay, no more. Yep. It was hyper focus on what has been set on your heart and on your mind. Hyper focus on going after writing. Literally, I had a vision in my mind. So my, my grandmother was a great mentor of mine. Hmm. Um, and a woman that I looked up to, she was an English professor, red, curly hair, freckles, and she passed away in 96. I'm sorry to hear that. She loved writing, just yeah. absolutely loved writing yeah. and wanted to be a published author. Hmm. She passed away in 96 none of her work was ever published. It wasn't until 15 years later that the family actually published her work. Okay. Yeah. And then for me, I have that visual image. And then right before a couple months before I actually started to write my own books. Yeah. I walked down the, the, this church, old school church uh, aisle and I'm looking down the line and there's my grandfather, a photo of him right next to a silver tin and right next to a blue ribbon. And we are remembering his life. Yeah. And I literally had that moment where it was like, 
what's it going to take? Yeah. Like, are you just going to keep thinking about this idea? Yeah. Are you going to just keep like having it be something that you can't wait to when this happens? Or are you going to actually go ahead and step out and, and do what you need to do? And so when I'm talking to my clients, the reason why for me, I took so long to go after my own dream was because of the fact that I had so many fucked up limiting beliefs that I wasn't good enough for my dream. I wasn't worthy enough of my dream. I needed somebody like a partner or somebody like that in order to make my dreams happen. I had to have more knowledge. I had to have more, you know, money in the bank in order to fund it. I had to be able to support my, my family. So I couldn't go ahead and just go and do that. Well, that's the truth is that's all, lies first off and sure. you're also telling yourself that because you're scared of yep. what it looks like in order to step out into the unknown come on let me that's so powerful that's so real but scary mm-hmm. and i pause not for dramatic importance but the aspect of how to make that practical, how to make that some, you know, I think of myself because I've you know felt that same way, leaving Microsoft, saying goodbye to a big paycheck, biggest paycheck I think I ever had before I started mm-hmm. really launched my agency. And, and that the fear that goes into it, the what ifs that go in, it's so easy for us to talk ourselves out of taking that risk and stepping out in that way. I know in, in your own life and then those that you coach and the community you've created for Dreamcatchers, what's, what's that practical first step that you, yeah. you went through that other encourage us to go through to start this journey of being yeah. able to leave behind the safe, the mundane, the monotony, the paycheck, and be able to actually start catching those dreams? Yeah, absolutely. And, and what I'm going to share with you is how I practically did it for myself. Yeah. And how I've seen other serial dream catchers do it for themselves as well. I am not saying this is the only way to go ahead and do it. I'm going to share with you how I sold over a million dollars worth of timeshare calling up people on the phone. I didn't sell them how much it costs. I didn't sell them on that you're going to get a week's worth of vacation. Yeah. I didn't even fucking sell them on the resorts that they were going to be going to. Kyle, the way that I did it was I found out what was the dream that you had. And then I sold you on your own dream. Yeah. I love it. I literally, my largest deal that I ever had selling timeshare was talking to a 75 year old that uh, all this family had passed away and all he wanted to do was jump on cruises for the rest of his life and hit on 65 year old women. (laughs) That's all he wanted to do. He wanted to salsa dance with the 65 year old woman. And so that's all we talked about. That's all we envisioned. (laughs) That's all that was our conversation. And we laughed and we joked and man, man, you must've been a hustler back in the day. You must've just been picking up women all over the place. He's like, yeah, and I still do. I pick up those 65, 68, you know, he's talking like that or whatever. But I sold, I exactly. I sold him the dream, right? I sold him his own dream. Yeah. 
if you're ever going to catch your own dream, that's where it first starts. The biggest way for you to discover what is on my heart, and I do this, I do this practically with anybody that I'm working with, is I want you to envision that the next 12 months of your life are the best 12 months of your life. Now we can do that with any time frame. We can do that with the next 10 years of the best 10 years of your life, whatever that is, right? And then I want you to go ahead and I physically want you to write out exactly what that looks like. I want you to take out every fucking excuse that you've got. Don't have this, don't have that, don't have this, don't have that, don't. And I just want you to write it. And what would that look like? And what would that feel like? And what would that smell like? And who would be in your world? And what would you be driving? And what would your uh, business look like? And how many clients would you have? And how many speaking gigs would you go to? And how many published works would you have? And we literally go into how big is the dream? Let me see it. 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 And then I want you to go ahead and practically go ahead and read that dream every single day. Jim Carrey carried around, I'm sure you know this story, he carried around a $10 million check in his back pocket when he was broke and he was driving up to the Hollywood Hills looking at the mansions that he wished he wished that he could go ahead and actually purchase. Yeah. That 10 million check turned into what his payout was from Dumb and Dumber. Hmm. Now he still had to put in all the time, all the effort, all the the work, all the booze on stage where people didn't enjoy his jokes, yeah. all the flopped movies that, you know, nobody wants to watch or even like talk about all of that stuff. He still had to go through it. He couldn't just have a, a check in his back pocket for $10 million and hope that it was going to go ahead and appear there. But that's where it starts. It starts by having the dream and understanding what that looks like. Right. Yeah. Then from there, and this was something that I had to practically do and was powerful for me because my limiting beliefs growing up the way that I grew up, I was in a highly religious uh, family and highly religious, um, I don't want to call it a cult, but whatever you want to call it, man, where the whole concept was you're not good enough and you're not worthy. Hmm. And so how do we overcome that? Well, Tony Robbins puts it this way. If you have a habit, it's because you've developed a neural association with that habit and your uh, neurons and your brain wave goes that way very quickly. So it's very easy for you to do. Yeah. If you want to develop something that's entirely different, you have to associate pain with that, the one habit that you don't want, and you have to give pleasure to the habit that you do want. And so I would physically, and I have my journals here in front of me, I would physically go ahead and write out the man that I wanted to be. And this especially helped me when I went through my divorce of 13 years and I, and I lost everything and I'm sitting in an apartment, 750 square feet. And I'm scared, not scared. I'm not even wanting to bring my own kids into the apartment because I don't think they feel like it's home anymore. Right. And they're kids. So they don't even really are thinking that way at all. But for me, it was, I don't know who I am. And so I had to literally write out I am a man of power. I am charismatic. I am inspirational. I am a success. I am worthy. I'm worthy of my dreams. Anything that I put on my heart and on my mind and on my soul, I will accomplish. I'm strong. I'm powerful. And I would write these things out and I'd go into full on detail of exactly what it would look like every single day. Because what I was doing was 
I was rewiring who I thought I was Mm -hmm. and becoming who I wanted to become. Yeah. You and I both know when we look at a puppy or when we look at a newborn baby, they don't have the same limiting beliefs that a 35 year old has. Sure. My little guy, he will jump off of any height because he doesn't care if he falls. Yeah. And he also thinks he can make the jump of whatever it is. And I'm the one that's freaking out going, don't do that. I don't want to race you off to the ER. You know what I mean? Yeah. But that's exactly it. If we could start to understand that every limiting belief that you've got, and you know what it is. If I say it right now, you can automatically think, oh, yep, there it is. That's a limiting belief of mine. I, I don't think I can do this because whatever that because is, that's a limiting belief of yours. Whatever that is, if you truly want to get rid of it, start to write out and start to think about who you are opposite of what that is. Yeah, come on. I love that. The the concept and simple aspect of creating those self-proclamations and affirmations. And I think we we so often forget the power of the spoken word. Mm-hmm. Uh, it both what goes on in our mind mentally mm-hmm. and then it allows us to show up in a different way. It Absolutely. One of the journeys I've gone on this year, the whole whole aspect of how do I show up in my business, in my relationships, as a boss, as a husband, uh, it, the way I serve my clients, what the, the confidence and way I show up is what's not only what comes out to others, but then they pick that up and they show up in the same way themselves. Mm-hmm. If mm-hmm. I'm negative, if I'm down on myself, if I feel like a failure, they all pick up on that. Not only do they start questioning my leadership, my ability to serve, but they feel that way for themselves. And I've been working with one of my, my team members about that, where she has such a desire uh, to to please and, and be confident in what she's in what she's doing for the team. She's awesome. I love mm-hmm, her team. Mm-hmm. And I mean, she's going to listen to this. And you know, when she listens to this, <laughs> you know, I want her to know that she is a rock star and so happy she's with us. And one of the things that we're talking about is that aspect of, Hey, look, you're not here to please me. You're here to please yourself. You can't mm-hmm. control my emotions. You can't control my feelings about you. You can't control even my actions about you. What you can control, though, is your own emotions, your feelings, your actions, and that aspect will will, sh- will help you show up better in your job, in your marriage, in your life, all the rest. The things you can't control, you just got to let those go. Yep. And that's been a journey for me to learn um, that that I you know, own what I can own, let go what I can't. And in that aspect, it frees you up so much to then actually grow and pursue what your time should actually be spent on instead of worrying about, you know, how's my client going to respond to this? How's my wife going to respond to that? What's my kids going to do if this happens? Yeah. Control that. Let it go. Yeah, absolutely. It gives you that platform to actually catch those dreams you have. Yeah. And here's the thing that here's the thing, like I've got to see oftentimes we associate confidence with like, and I love that you brought that up because we associate confidence a lot of the times, especially for entrepreneurs and business owners and even dream catchers. We associate it with the accomplishments 
that we have collected, whether that's the money, the salary we, we get on a yearly basis, whether that's the amount of books that we publish, whether that's the top rated podcast, we collect our value yeah. from those accomplishments. And then that defines who we are. That's not mm. true though. Yeah. And so like, I've got one of my clients that I work with right now, remarkable businessman, like absolutely phenomenal and brilliant man yeah. and very creative and just like his dream is awesome. But if you stop just at writing your dream out and reviewing it, and if you stop at just going ahead and uh, writing out who you want to be and, and doing that on a, on a regular basis and yeah. doing those affirmations, if that's where you stop, Mm. You're never going to catch anything. True, true. And so the next big thing that I talk about is, and this is hard for for go getter businessmen, entrepreneurs, uh, even women. Like this is hard for them because one of the things that I said to my client is, I want you to stop focusing on the revenue that you're trying to go after. Yeah, your quarterly revenue that you're trying to get right now you guys have not been delivering on the scale that you want to be delivering on to begin with. And if you keep going just after the revenue driver, yeah, then you're going to constantly feel less confident more and more and more and more. What I want you to do, and this is to your point is I want you to do what I call collecting small wins. Come on. I want you to give a hundred percent. And we were actually talking like personally as well as business wise. Right. I was like, I want you, you've got a health goal, but you're not going after it at the moment. So I want you to commit that yeah. you're going to go ahead and you're going to run a mile every single day. I want you to do that. And that's a promise that I want you to keep to yourself. Nobody else, but yeah. you. Next, you, you've got a commitment that you're, you're not reading as much as you said you wanted to read. Okay, then we're going to start doing that as well. Yeah. And the really cool thing is as you start to collect those wins, you build more and more confidence. Totally. And the next thing you know, you're going yeah. into a client meeting and, and they're like, oh, you know what? You know what? One of your competitors uh, goes ahead and, and, and they're, they're actually offer the same services and uh, they're offering it for a lot less than you're, you're offering it. And you can confidently say, yeah, yeah. And we have some clients that pay a lot more than what we're offering to you. So when you're ready to go ahead and you've brought enough value to the marketplace to be able to work with whomever you want, come back to us. We'd love to be able to work with you. Yeah. There's a difference in confidence in saying that to somebody versus you're not winning anywhere else in your world. Yeah. And so when it comes to the business sector, you're like, oh, Kyle, please, please work with me. Please, please do. And yeah. it comes off completely wrong. Yeah, totally, totally hear that, man. So, you know, I'd love to kind of, as we, we hit on a few points right now of what it, what, what are dreams, how, what it means to catch them versus chase after them or just daydream about them and all the what ifs that go into that. And I know something that you're really big about is the, the value and power of community around catching those dreams, that this is not meant to be something you do alone. And this is something that, yeah, I know you've built into the, the, the purpose and flow of your podcast, as well as cr starting to create this community online as well. Tell me a little bit about the power of community and what it means to be able to catch dreams together. 
Yeah, absolutely. Uh, for me, and if you've ever listened to any one of uh, the Dreamcatcher shows or have seen me anywhere, you'll know that I personally believe that your dream is not for you. Your dream is there for you to accomplish. And then the amazing thing is it ripple effects and helps other people understand that yeah. they too can accomplish their dreams yeah. and so on and so forth. I think it was you and I that were having this conversation that literally if Thomas Edison hadn't had his dream and made it happen, then Elon Musk would not be trying to go to Mars. You have to understand that concept that literally because he accomplished his goal of going ahead and creating the light bulb that Elon Musk is now trying to get himself up to Mars and colonize Mars. And we don't even know when Elon Musk accomplishes that dream, no. whose dream goes ahead and gets opened up because of that. Totally. Totally. And so to go back to kind of what you were talking about, you, you can try to go after your dreams <laughs> on your own and solo, like by all means, try it out. You're not going to go far at all. And you have to understand that in order to accomplish anything, you have to be doing it with other people. Mm -hmm. Look at Martin Luther King, literally the man who had a dream. Like, I love it. He didn't even get to see his dream walked out. Mm -hmm. And yet it happened because he went and he created a movement of people that began to understand, you know what? The season needs to change. Yeah. And because of that movement that went ahead and even after his death, he was able to accomplish that famous speech that he shared in Washington, DC. He was able to accomplish it because of the movement that he created. We need each other. Right. And my, my vision for, for the, the dream catcher community that we are building, and this is what we were having off camera is, is an organic uh, community, a place where people are connecting on a daily moment by moment basis. And they're literally saying, Hey, you're an artist. I'm a producer. Let's go ahead and collaborate and make this happen. Yeah. Oh my goodness, you're an author. Well, I'm a publisher. Let's go ahead and make that happen. Oh my goodness, yeah. like, like, let's even start even bigger. You you want to go to Mars, Elon Musk? Well, I own you know this fuel company or I own this this rocket manufacturing company. Let's yeah. collaborate together. Yeah. Because in the collaboration, that's where the details get made. In the collaboration, that's where the dreams happen. Yeah. And you can't just stay in your little silo expecting that I can make this happen on my own. Like every one of your successful dream catchers that you look at, yeah. J.K. Rowling is one of my favorite authors. I'm a Harry Potter fan through and through, <laughs> so I apologize. No uh, shame in that. Come on. But she wrote those novels. She accomplished those dreams by herself, correct? Yeah. Wrong. Actually, her publishing company then went ahead and helped her take True. that dream even mm -hmm. further. And then the marketing company went ahead and took that dream even further. And then the the director that made the films and then the actors that yeah. delivered on the Harry Potter, like her dream was this. And then it expanded out even further because she decided to not just keep it this little small area on her own or we would never be reading her books. 
she would have finished them and they'd still be on a shelf. I think, you know, and if you're going here and please forgive me for stealing thunder, but I think just to add to that, you talk about someone who has a dream and doesn't allow rejection to silence that dream. How many publishers said no to her when they read the initial manuscript of the first Harry Potter? Said thanks, but no thanks. I mean, I, I love seeing how she talks about and she'll publish the rejection letters she got from publishing companies yep. who said, not for us. Yep. And, you know, for most writers who would say, well, shit, okay, I, I'm back to the drawing board. That idea didn't work. And yeah, yep. that happens sometimes. Sometimes your first idea or your 12th idea doesn't launch but she didn't stop her dream there she kept fighting and 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 now that was a dream worth catching so she kept going after it and mm -hmm. didn't take the first no didn't take i don't forget how many publishers said no to her i think it was like 12 or 14 i, say, I can't I remember the exact number amount. i've heard i've heard somebody say 12 and then i've heard somebody say 14 so i don't know exactly what it is but i know it's right in between there but it is that's a yeah. high number of publishers to be turned down from and you still believing enough in yourself yep. to keep going after it. Yeah. Sylvester Stallone is another amazing example of somebody that should not have been successful. Hmm. Rocky should not have had the success that it had. Wow. And yet he believed in himself. Did you know that he actually sold his dog to pay rent <laughs> because he believed that much in his dream? He comes back to the same convenience store that he, uh, he sold his dog at after Rocky successful. And he tries to buy his dog back. And the guy that he sold it to goes, uh, he literally tripled the amount that he had sold his dog for. That's what uh, Sylvester Stallone ended up having to buy it back for. But like literally, like I love that story. Like yeah. it's it's something that is inspiring because, and I don't know if you're familiar with this, but Sylvester Stallone decided to he he's watching this um, show and he decides this boxing fight and he decides to write a movie script he wants mm -hmm. to be an actor that's his that's his lifelong dream he wants yeah. to be an actor and so he writes this script where the fighter doesn't win the fight and and up to that point nobody had really gone ahead and made a movie like that mm. truthfully the hero had always won and in Sylvester Stallone's movie the hero wasn't going to win, but he was going to continue to get back up and get back up and yeah. get back up. And yeah. that was going to be the win was that he kept getting back up. And so he takes this script to several different studios. They turn him down after a while. And finally he gets a company that's willing to go ahead and do uh, the movie. And they want to have Robert Redford. They want to have him be the Rocky character. <laughs> really? <laughs> but Sylvester Stallone is like, no, I'm going to be it. And they, yeah. they, they started with a small amount of money that they were willing to give him. And then they find, gave him more and more and more and more and more. But the whole catch was, we will give you this amount of money, but you can't be the actor in it. And he kept huh. saying, no, I'm not going to do that. No, I'm not going to do that. And so finally, I forget how much they gave him. It was enough to cover his rent and some other expenses and a small, small royalty of the movie. The rest is history. Wow. But the man hedged his bets on himself. Yeah. yeah. J.K. Rowling hedged her bets on herself. Elon Musk, when he took his PayPal money of $180 million and put it into Tesla and SpaceX and his solar company, hedged his bets on himself. 
and going back full circle to what you were asking about with me leaving the corporate world that I'd been in, had built a career in, I got to the point where I was fed up of having a dream and not doing anything with it. And I decided to hedge my bets on myself. That's awesome. I love that, man. And I think that's, that's the, the goal for so many, but so few are willing to take that step. And I remember the days when I first launched my agency, mm-hmm. uh, having to pay my, my mortgage off a credit card, eating macaroni and cheese because it was 75 cents at the, at the grocery store, top ramen. And just so that way I had some food to put on the table, but I was young living by myself and didn't have the big paycheck, but wanted to chase that dream. Well, chasing only gets you so far. And it was that point where I'll have to put that dream back on the shelf in order to pursue what I uh, pursue a, a paycheck. And I sold out and it was, you know, that's what led me to Microsoft eventually that point of no, that's where I think, you know, the, the aspect we talked earlier of what it means to chase versus catch catching is willing to hedge your bets, mm-hmm. to bet on yourself. It's that aspect of, I'm not, I'm not going to quit on this. I'm going to fight for it. I'm going to pursue it. I'll take what risks I need to take in order to not give up on the dream that's within me. And I, that's what I love hearing from you, that aspect of how to fight for that dream, how to pursue that dream. But the reality is that dream is not something you should just do on your own. It's that the joy of being able to sharing it with others. And, Absolutely. And, and, you know, it's what you've created with the podcast and the community of being able to share in that, that passion with, uh, with others. Tell me a little bit about your podcast. We'll get in, in a moment at the end as we wrap up of where they can find it. But tell me about your podcast a bit more of how people can go catch their dream. And yeah, what absolutely. What journey looks like through your podcast. Absolutely. So what I really wanted to do with the show was I wanted to bring serial dream catchers. And when I say that phrase, what I mean is people that have caught multiple dreams over and over and over and over again, right? I wanted to to bring them to our audience and to our listeners and to our community, because I'm a firm believer that if you study what they have done, there's commonalities and there's DNA of what they've done. And if you can go ahead, you don't have to apply everything that they might have said, but if you can go ahead and take one bit from what they've said and you go ahead and you implement it immediately and you implement it consistently, over time you start to have the same similar results. Mm-hmm. You're a perfect example. You wanted to go ahead and do a digital marketing company. And yet, there, you have to understand when you're hedging your bets against uh, yourself, you have to understand everything that you know has gotten you to the point you're at today. When you understand that, all that means then is you need new understandings. You need yeah. new learnings. You need to grow and evolve and become better. And so oftentimes, hedging your bets on yourself is going ahead and getting a mentor who can look at your blind spots and say, Hey Kyle, you don't know this, but there's a line guardman or a linebacker coming on your flank and he's literally going to hit you. And because you're not looking that direction, it's just like having a coach playing football. It's the exact same thing. And so to go back to what you were talking about with community and even the show, hedging your bets is knowing what are my weaknesses or maybe not even knowing what your weaknesses are, but being open and vulnerable to ask somebody, what are my weaknesses? 
How do I cover it? How do I go to the next level? How do I grow? How do I get better? And hedging your bets is sometimes going ahead and investing in that mentor, investing in that course, investing in that book so that you can learn the next steps. With the show, that's exactly what I wanted to do. You're not investing time, uh, you're not investing money or resource into the show to learn from these mentors or to learn from myself or to learn these practical and strategic ways of catching your dream. What you are doing is you are investing in yourself by using your time to listen to the show, to hear what they're doing, to if you want to get the most out of my show or even Kyle's show, next time you turn on one of our shows, I want you to grab a pen and a piece of paper. And I want you to write down the things that stand out to you that you heard on the episode. And then what I want you to do is I want you to go ahead and immediately apply what you wrote down from that. And then what I want you to do is I want you to come back a couple days from there and revisit the notes that you wrote down and see, is there anything else that I need to go ahead and, and review or do you want to start like catching your dreams? That's a very practical way of doing it. And that's why we created the show. Selfishly, I created the show so I could connect with guys like you. That's selfish, right? That's why I did. I love it. But Thanks for, for our audience, that. what was that? So I love it. Thanks for doing that. <laughs> for our audience and for like our listeners, I created the show so that basically I could help myself 10 years ago catch mm. the dream. Come on. And it didn't have to take me a decade to do it. That's awesome. I'm able to say, hey, listen to this guy. You look at all the success that he's had, but look at all the hurdles that he had to overcome as well. And look at how he hedged his bets and look at how he does his routines and his habits and how he's developed mentors and all of that sort of stuff. Cool. That's awesome. So as we wrap up here, I want those who are listening, who feel like, man, I got that dream inside me and listening today. I don't want to, I don't want to keep it on the shelf anymore. I want to, I want to, bring that to life. What's the best way for them to learn more about you, stay connected to you, some, some next steps for them to get acclimated to who John Bourgeois is? Yeah, man, the best place to find me, learn from me, the journey would be the Dreamcatcher show. Uh, we're literally on any podcast platform that you can find. So Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, any of them, we're on all of them. Uh, And then truthfully, if you feel that you've got a dream, if you feel that you're a dream catcher, I would love to hear what that dream is. I would love to hear what that hurdle is that you can't seem to overcome. Even if it's so that I can give you, you know, two cents of advice to help you get over that. You can find me on any social media platform at John C. Bourgeois. I'm sure it will be in the show notes because you won't be able to spell bourgeois if you don't know how to already. So, but yeah, that's how you can find me. Awesome. So yeah, that is the dream catchers show. You can find that on iTunes as well as we will have it on our show notes and I found on our website, mfrrpodcast.com. John, this is inspiring. This is exciting. And now I'm excited to see those dreamers really catch that dream they have. Thank you so much for being with us today. Thanks for having me on the show. Hey, I want to thank you so much for listening to this episode of Marketing from the Roosevelt Room. If you heard something today that you would like to follow up on and be able to connect with us, connect with our guests, we will have their contact information as well as any links to resources they talked about from Facebook groups, their website, any type of offer.
offers that they gave on our website at mfrrpodcast.com. Once again, that is mfrrpodcast.com. Join us there. I'd love to keep the conversation going, and you'll be able to get all of our show notes as well as links that the guests spoke about. So that way we can really serve you. Really do appreciate you spending time with us today in this episode. Hope you have a great rest of your day.